This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are Jennifer Green and Jessica Forella, um, both of whom are involved in the production of Tusk Tusk by Polly Stenham, which just opened at Piven Theater Workshop. Uh, Jen is the director, and Jessica is the stage manager. This is a very unusual show because the um, main cast members, the three main cast members, are all quite young. Um, they play 15, 13, and 7, something like that? 15, 14, and 7. 15, 14, and 7. Um, and uh, they are all more or less those ages. Um, so I thought it would be really interesting to talk um, to the two of you about what's different when you cast, direct, manage a show where the uh, where the actors are young and relatively inexperienced. So, Jen, let's start with you. Um, first of all, in deciding to program the piece, where how had you encountered it? I um, had read that face um, that Polly Stenham had written um, and was really, really wonderful. Um, and uh, and then this was the follow-up. And as soon as I read it, I thought it was a great fit for us and for Piven mm-hmm. because it, um, it takes its characters really, really seriously. It's a beautiful play about young people, but I wouldn't classify it as children's theater. No, by no means. Yeah. And it seemed like a great piece for us at Piven to do um, because it speaks so strongly to our mission um, about supporting emerging young artists. And because I've been teaching at Piven for so long and working with our Young People's Company, which um, uh, is comprised of high school students, I, I, I thought that we would be able to do it and I thought we'd be able to do it justice. Maybe you should talk just very quickly about the Piven training program. We've actually done an interview once long ago on that subject, but for the just setting the context. Piven is a professional theater that also has a really vibrant training center, working with young people from fourth grade through high school. And then we also have a, an adult program as well. And you have kids coming long distances to this training, isn't that right? Kids come from all over, from the Chicago area, from the North Shore, from the South Side, from the South and West Suburbs. Um, we really take in a pool from the entire area. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so once, so you, you felt like it was a good fit given your experience with and interest in working with young actors. You say, okay, we're going to just do it. And then you hope, I presume that you're going to come up with three actors. Yeah, you hope real hard. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, we had done, I mean, we, I felt like we had done our due diligence. We had done a reading, um, where we could really hear these words in legitimate um, teenagers' mouths, mm-hmm. and that went really well. It was really um, uh, beautifully done, and it felt like it was possible. Mm-hmm. It felt like there's a, a pool of young people who could uh, make this kind of piece work because mm-hmm. it's challenging. Because yeah. it's you, you're you're putting all your eggs in a basket of young performers who may not know what a, a professional run feels like, who might do. Um, uh, productions at their school, um, but might not sort of understand the rigors of, of professional theater. Right. Um, so we uh, we had a reading of it, and that went really, really well. Um, we 
through in terms of casting, we threw the net really wide. We wanted to see anyone who was interested within our own program. We asked our teachers for recommendations. And then we also worked with Two Birds Casting. Um, and they were fantastic. Mm. They were able to bring us in uh, probably 60 or 80 young people um, who could fit the bill of all of these roles. Mm. So we really got to see this material over and over and over again um, with a lot of kids from a lot of different perspectives. And by the end of that process, we came up with a cast that I am in love with, mm -hmm. that I was excited to go to the theater to work with, that I, I just thought were incredibly <clears throat> professional, a joy to work with. Um, and so I felt really, really lucky where we ultimately, where we ultimately landed with this cast. So how many did you audition altogether? We saw a lot of kids. I mean, we did generals with two birds. That was maybe 60 or 80 kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and we did, in terms of, in terms of the audition, we did a section that was improv based because I was really interested to mm -hmm. see, um, how, how young people are in a room without a script. Are they improvisational? Are they impulsive? Um, are they respectful of each other? Um, are they supportive of each other? Mm -hmm. Um, and then also saw, saw all of our, um, our first round kids, our initial auditions also do side work and seeing mm -hmm. some kids in a couple of different roles. And then callbacks really decided it. Mm -hmm. And in this whole process, we, um, as part of the audition protocol, we made sure that parents signed off saying that they had read the script mm -hmm. um, because we really wanted buy-in from the parents in terms of understanding how difficult the script was, that it truly was a full-length <clears throat> play that put young people's voices front and center. Mm -hmm. And we also really wanted them to sort of understand the depth of the material yeah, um, because we were looking for parents who would also be partners with us in this process, who wanted to thoughtfully support their students um, and support their students doing really challenging material, mm -hmm. um, as well as um, sort of just sensing the kinds of conversations they might be having with their young people as a as a result of issues that might come from working on this particular play. play. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, just briefly the situation is that these three kids, uh, two brothers and a sister, have apparently been abandoned by their mother. We're not quite sure throughout the, the evening exactly what's happened and neither are they. So it's kind of a kid's worst nightmare just starting there. And then um, as we learn more about their background and the situation, um, there are some even darker elements than just that. <laughs> and it's the best of times and the worst of times. Mm -hmm. They um, in the in the first act, they're really um, they're worried and they're scared and they don't want to be taken into care um, um, or part of the the DCFS system um, because their mother has has been um, has had episodes of being unstable in the past. Um, but it's also, I think, a depiction of what happens when parents are at home. Right. Um, they're staying out all night. Um, they're buying booze. They're having um, young women over. Uh -huh. um, and then the second act, um, it's really dealing with consequences of being alone and being unprepared and um, and being scared. Right. The, the first act, there are some explicit references in the text to, well, actually several um, works of children's literature, but Peter Pan certainly being one. And um, that whole 
child's fantasy of the world where they're in charge and where they can do things their way. And um, Peter and Wendy kind of being surrogate parents for the Lost Boys, all of that is is brought into the, the room, um, and I thought really effectively. Well, so then, um, uh, Jessica, I want to get to the side of uh, sort of administering a show, so to speak, um, when you've got young people involved. Let's let's talk a little bit about that and then go back to the maybe artistic side again. What's different about uh, running a show, stage managing a show like this? It's in a lot of ways different and very much the same. It's just a matter of doing everything very, very specifically. You know, making sure you communicate with both actors and parents regularly about all of the adjustments and changes in schedules and, you know, uh, different needs for rehearsals, you know, making sure that people have, you know, fight clothes that they, they're, you know, that they're going to wear for the day and that everybody knows everything about what's, what our expectations are for a given day, Mm -hmm. which theoretically should be done in any rehearsal process, but you're just that much more diligent about doing it because you want to make sure that everybody knows, you know, you, you, you email the parent as well as the, 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 the young person just to make sure, I'm not sure who's checking their email, right. and, and you make sure that everybody knows what's going on and what's expected. And do when you're particularly dealing with a nine-year-old, do you have to um, schedule differently? Do you have to think about attention spans and <laughs> bedtimes? Absolutely. And- absolutely. Um, we kept it in mind, you know, once school started, you know, I got a couple uh, text messages from his mom, you know, make sure he did his homework if he has downtime, that kind of uh-huh. thing, which is fine. Um, and, and you just are aware of how long he's been in the room and how long, you know, he's been working and how much work he's putting. Cause, uh, I, we lucked out amazingly. He's very talented and very attentive and very able to kind of shut off and go, you know, go draw in a corner, go mm-hmm. hang out, go relax, go play, and then come back on stage and get, and do work. And mm-hmm. so we lucked out a lot with his ability to, to spend four hours in a room and, and work because throughout the beginning of the process, yeah, we broke it down so that, you know, we were using everybody's time as reasonably as possible as again, you do in every, in every production. But, you know, with the, the way the show is structured, these kids are pretty much on stage for the entire show. You know, there's, there's moments, maybe 10 minutes tops here or there where they're not on stage. And, you know, that needs to be worked. We need to have everybody in the room and, and figuring out where you are and what that means you're doing. And, you know, character motivations and everything that you would do with a with a an adult cast that you now have to do with with kids and be aware of how long they are on stage and yeah. kind of how long that's going to last within the context of the show and if that's going to be okay with them. And it worked out really well because everybody was very um, on top of their work on the on ball, very eager to work. And uh, we got a lot of a lot of good work done, so we were able to make sure everybody, you know, got home, went to bed. Right, right. You said luck that you have young actors who are willing to, who are able to be disciplined as well as being um, effective on stage. Is there anything you can do, Jen, when you're auditioning to get a feeling for who's actually up to just the work of it? I think that was the risk of the piece, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I mean, I think there were signs in the auditions in terms of, um, you know, Bryce uh, would read the same piece over and over and over again with a whole variety of different pairings. And he was able to come in and commit and really find how to grow that material. Mm -hmm. Um, He plays the 15-year-old brother. Yeah. 
And, uh, and the fact that he also went to a performing arts high school sort of led me to believe that this wasn't something that was just a passing hobby. Right. Um, that this was something that he really was committed to. Um, uh, and Olivia had studied with us since she was in fourth grade, and I had directed Olivia when she was nine um, wow. in Great Expectations, and she was playing scenes with our founder um, and artistic director emeritus, Joyce Piven, and um, and at nine, she could hold her own. Mm-hmm. So um, You knew what you were getting there. Yeah, that was not a pig in a poke. I, right. yeah, I, and she had just come off encores with us as well, right. so I knew that she knew what a run was like. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think we did in the overall planning that really paid off was we did the majority of our rehearsals before they got into school. Mm -hmm. Um, So we sort of planned pretty carefully when we would open Mm -hmm. um, so that uh, kids were not exhausted. Um, Because during sort of these last previews, um, Bryce has been pulling a 14-hour day, um, Mm -hmm. going to school all day, um, having very little time down between school and the show, um, and really sort of jumping in and committing to a show where he's pretty much on stage constantly for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we were, I think that was some good planning on on our front, um, because we had, which surprised me to no end, we had... um, uh, we had our two main characters off book within the second week. Yeah, a week and a half tops. Yeah. And um, and Gabriel, uh, our, our nine-year-old, came in off book. He hasn't carried a book on stage since the first week of rehearsal, and that was just it was sitting there in case he wanted to look at it. They've been, all of them, very, very responsible in terms of not having the book in their hand, which is it's which speaks a lot to both them as actors and also the – their understanding of the material because this isn't really material you can rehearse with with a book in your hand. It's mm-hmm. so physical, it's so active, it's so intense that you know having the book in your hand is just going to be counterproductive. So you didn't um, express an uh, an expectation that they would be off book that soon. Our, but but no, we our expectation for them to be off book was like the third or fourth. Yeah, week. our, our I mean, off it was book day later. was two and a half weeks after they no longer had books in their yeah. hand. I, you know, I, I said it, no more books, but there it's hadn't like, been oh, books duh. in the room for right. weeks at that point. Right, right. Well, so Jen, let's go back to um, process. And well, actually, let me ask a, a different question because um, you said one thing we did well was the the uh, rehearsal schedule. Do you have other advice for someone who's thinking about doing this piece or a piece like it that depends so heavily on? On young actors, are there other things you would say to directors around the world about it? <laughs> well, I think the other thing that we tried to do is to thoughtfully build skill sets immediately. So our fight choreographers were in that first week mm-hmm. doing um, a general class about violence and movement um, before really building the the violence within the scenes. We also got our dialect coach in really early mm-hmm. we haven't so talked that about diagnostically we mm-hmm. could sense who has an ear, who might be challenged, as well as who um, might need one-on-one work or, or just straight-up vocal work mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, because there's so much talking in mm-hmm. this piece. Um, how do you really keep your, your voice healthy and your, your vocal life full? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk quickly about the dialect because that seems like another huge risk. Uh, there could be someone, a kid, who's very able to do a side, you know, do a scene and to improv, but who 
could have turned out just couldn't do the dialect. Was there any way to um, check that out before you got deep in? You know, honestly, one thing um, that I was really impressed with, um, many of the actors who auditioned came in with a dialect mm -hmm. in the audition process. Mm -hmm. So um, in some ways I could hear that right away. Yeah. Are there things that are distinctive about these these adolescent actors in particular that are, um, <clears throat> I don't mean individually, but I mean, are teenagers prone to certain blocks or issues um, around acting that adults are less likely to have, or is, it, or is it just like any other cast? I think it's like any other cast, but I think I am more thoughtful. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I need to come with my A game on. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to really heighten your ability to listen and heighten your ability to really articulate what they are doing well mm -hmm. in a way that they can then grab hold of and grow and repeat. Mm -hmm. um, but also without micromanaging. Is that the difference? Well, two things you talked about listening, and is that because they're less able to articulate? Uh, themselves what their issues are or is it um, that things can't be explicit in the same way what what what's the difference if I if I yeah, I think I think actually more explicit is is probably the goal and if you're listening you can you can be more specific rather than explicit because I found that um, and probably what will be a great tool for me moving forward on other productions with mm -hmm. adults with with you know your full adult cast um, the more descriptive I can be in terms of why I give a note per se, the more receptive everyone is to getting it. If they, it's not just, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. It's, this is why you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then it's just easier to, to integrate into the process, especially on a show like this where there's so much going on. There's so many things to remember, so many details, so many words, so many pieces of blocking, so many props, so many fights, so many everything mm -hmm. that and again, I don't think that's something that's different from, or should be different from adult casts to, to a cast of children, but mm -hmm. that you're more aware of dealing with a, a group of kids that then you're now, or at least for me, I now get to take into, um, into more adult Other casts work, and yeah. can, can make what I do make much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so then Jen, in your direct, directing style, I know that, um, Certainly adult actors expect, in general, a fair amount of freedom to create a performance themselves. You'd probably be unlikely to tell someone exactly how to do something. You might tell them how to think about something. Is that, first of all, is that true of your style of directing? I'd say definitely. Definitely. I try to take as much as I can from the, from the performer. Mm -hmm. So is that different in, with a younger actor? Would you be more willing to solve a problem for them, for instance, to tell them, well, here's, if you do this, it will work? I tried to resist that, honestly, mm -hmm. um, just because um, I think maybe with a more seasoned performer, you could take direction and fill it. Um, what does that mean? Um, uh, walk over there. You know, for a more seasoned performer, you're like, okay, I'm going to walk over there. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I would never be able to... Um, you know, to be that explicit or to be that um, uh, 
uh, dictatorial. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know. But directorial. I mean, sometimes you have to. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you've got to get in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like right. you, you, um, uh, the entrance has to come from there because mm-hmm. of that's the way the set operates. Right. Uh, a more seasoned performer can sort of fill that. You know, some 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 performers really like to work from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So um, when you say fill it, you mean they can make sense of it. They can take it in and and motivate it from inside. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? But for some, for working with a very young actor like our like our nine year old, mm-hmm. um, I found early um, I I would I would offer a piece of blocking um, that I would sort of see from something that he was doing and like oh maybe maybe try this um, and uh, and dutifully he would try it. Um, but what you saw was a young person doing what an adult has asked them to do. Yeah. There was very much, I'm supposed to go here now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, and in some ways you want to take out that power dynamic Mm -hmm. as well, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, because that's not really what, you know, what the art is about. Right. Um, and so I, I would, I would see something that he would do in life and then find a way to integrate that. Mm. Um, and so I'm taking an entrance or I'm taking, um, a, 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 you know, just a move from A to B kind of moment, but, but sort of taking that from the creative life that I would see in him. So can you, can you actually, you know, describe what you would say to him and how that would be different than walk over there now? Um, I, one day, uh, Gabriel just for hours was playing with a box on his head, right? Like he, <laughs> um, you know, and that's another thing. It's like, you know, trust the strength of your performance, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because why do, would, would I ever think that I was still going to be excellent at creating a fort? Out of boxes. Right. Why would I ever think that that's still my skill set? <laughs> that is Gabriel's 100% skill set. Absolutely. Right. So right. we sent him into a room with, uh, with Marty, our assistant director, mm-hmm. and they put together and filmed a fort. Mm-hmm. Um, that had all kinds of like intricate pop-ups yep. and tunnels, like a back and door, and all sorts of mm-hmm. really, really neat. This was with the elements. furniture, yeah, uh, exactly, room. exactly. And like, there's this fort that gets built that Finn winds up living in right. for the for a good portion of the show, and um, uh, and and during this process, he he he, um, well, we were discussing the fort, like what works about this fort, right? Does this fort fit on our stage, <laughs> you know, all of these things, you know, um, Gabriel is just happily walking around with the box on his head, you know, bumping into things. And uh, and it was charming. It was uh-huh. absolutely charming. And, and then that wound up being an entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew exactly why he had the box on his head right. and could then enter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was being very thoughtful about watching and mm-hmm. watching behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that he didn't end up with some pretty detailed blocking by the time you know, by the time the end of the, the rehearsal period was mm-hmm. over, you know, he's got tracks that he runs, especially in the last couple scenes of the show where he's got to get, you know, across and around the stage half a dozen times because all sorts of different things are going Definitely. on. There's lots of chaos at that period of time. But all of that came directly from, or the majority of that came directly from his, you know, instincts and his motivations. And then we're sort of gen- integrated into what we need to have happen. And so now it happens in a natural way as opposed to right. I have been gl- given blocking way. and this is where I'm supposed to walk now. Right, right. Well, then let's talk about um, uh, Bryce and Olivia. 
I would imagine, I don't know, but for um, young people, particularly Bryce's age, some of the just physical closeness that they have to act as siblings could be um, challenging. Was that true? I think it I think it very much could be in a lot of circumstances mm-hmm. um, because it's you know they have a very intimate relationship um, just to be proximity. clear it's not there's nothing sexual here we're not suggesting that this is an incest oh, story not, yeah, not, not at all, at all. But they're like, just but, close but siblings the way the way siblings have that intimacy where mm-hmm. they can be very angry and then not angry mm-hmm. where they can uh, you know, tumble on the floor and be trying to kill each other, and the right. next moment they are laughing. Right. Um, and from both of them, um, from the beginning, um, and I saw it in the audition, I thought mm-hmm. that they had great chemistry together, mm-hmm. and I thought that they were open from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. It was sort of um, uh, Bryce has a younger sister, mm-hmm. um, and Olivia is uh, is an only child. So it was really sort of delightful to see Olivia needing to sort of build what that relationship would be mm-hmm, for her because mm-hmm. it's it's primal and it's central to right. that to that story. Right. And she had a lot of fun with this discovering what having a brother is like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you did was the audition process longer than it would typically be if you were just casting adult <clears throat> actors? Did you have more steps or spend longer with your? It was longer for. The Finn character, the mm-hmm. youngest character, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty much a normal length. It was uh, it was a general audition and then a callback for all three of our teens and our two adults. Mm-hmm. But with the um, with the character who is uh, um, supposed to be a seven year old, and we mm-hmm. cast a little bit older, yeah. um, uh, Gabriel um, turned nine. Um, I was more careful with that mm-hmm. because it was seeing the um, dynamic of repetition was really mm-hmm. important to me mm-hmm. because I it, it needed to be really authentic and it needed to be real gritty. And um, one of the things that I wanted to make sure was that we didn't have like, very sort of commercial kids yeah. who could make one choice and repeat that one choice. Um, but it was uh, a shiny manufactured choice. Right, um, right. And you could sort of see kids who maybe had more of that background mm-hmm. after a couple of auditions. Right. Um, because you would get the same thing again and again and again. Because what they're rewarded for in the commercial world is being absolutely dependable. You're going to deliver exactly what they said they would each and time. And often for, be- for being very sunny uh-huh. and often for being a certain kind of kid. Right, a, a type. type. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were looking for was something very different. Right, right. Yeah. The commercial world, I would imagine, is in very stark contrast to, first of all, the world of theater, the world of a full-length play, and the world of a full-length play with this content. Right. You know, Finn has a lot of different sides that we see of him, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to, to show all of those things and, and be a more dynamic actor would be, I think, integral. Yeah. Well, you probably, I, I don't know, but I could imagine that you have less vocabulary with actors who are less experienced, that there's, you can... That you, I don't know. How do you do? You talk about things the same way you would with an adult cast. I don't know. It seems like my vocabulary is always my vocabulary. Uh-huh. You know, it seems like that's sort of the way of it, and that's in my classes as well. Like uh-huh. I really, um, uh, I really don't find that I um, I talk down to kids or uh-huh. really change you know right. my thought or um, I, I try to be clear and I try to be um, uh, um, specific mm-hmm. um, maybe more specific and maybe more more clear um, 
But, uh, and sometimes I would say things to Gabriel and he would just look at me like, hmm, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, um, uh, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I did, but I did feel like it, I, I, I didn't take, I, I didn't take things for granted. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't take for, for granted that maybe everyone knows what bipolar disorder is right, or mental right. illness. I didn't mm-hmm. take for granted. There's no, sh- um, there's no shorthand. Yeah. yeah so right. there wasn't a shorthand. I didn't take mm-hmm. for granted anything. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I think it's a, a really bold, um, choice to do a show like this, and I think it's a really fascinating script, and I hope people will go see that you can put three young actors on the stage and they can carry an evening. It's uh, it's really quite different from what you, you know, it's, it's different when you have young actors. Well, thank you both for joining me to talk about it. Our pleasure. <laughs>